And now, here's your resource queen, Alex Litwack. Welcome. With me today is Lindell Sandland. She is a certified shamanic energy medicine healer practitioner. Woo, that's a mouthful. <laughs> and she's been doing that for about seven years. Welcome, Lindell. Thank you. It's good to be here with you again. Yes, we've had a previous discussion about Qigong. Yes. But this is one of the other fabulous, fabulous tools in your personal toolbox. How did you get into it? Wow. Shamanic energy practices. I began, really, I began with a curiosity about uh, Native American um, spirituality. I am part Native American. I have two tribes in my DNA. Uh, one is the, the Cherokee people, and the other is the Muscogee, or the Creek. Uh, both are from the southeastern United States. But my, I didn't really identify with it when I was growing up because um, my grandmother did, was, had become a Christian and didn't really identify with that Native American spirituality. So I kind of came to the game a little bit later in my life, in my 20s and 30s is when I started getting curious about the indigenous way of medicine. And, in, and to the indigenous people, everything is medicine. I, I'm a singer, that's, that's a medicine. I, I play ukulele, that's medicine. So we all have a medicine that we carry. We carry the seeds of that medicine and we learn to nourish it and nurture it, recognize it first, because most of us are unaware, like I was. Um, so I had been uh, curious about Native American spirituality. And then I got involved in Tai Chi, which, was, which is also about your energy and moving your energy around. And I just found it more, I, I liked the energy work. It made sense to me. I tell people I'm a recovering Southern Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> so I grew up with a real strict, you know, there's only one way to look at the divine. And, and when you look at nature, there are many ways to, to connect with the source. So over the years, I was practicing Tai Chi and, you know, challenging things came up in my life. I was in a difficult marriage, and I, you know, I had a breast cancer scare. We talked about that last time I was on the show, and I found that my challenges, other than the breast cancer, which is a big challenge physically, but my cha challenges have been more about uh, relationships and mental and emotional. You know, you have to do something when you're under a lot of stress. And I'm not a very good drinker because the distance between me uh, being really drunk and porcelain worshiping is about 30 seconds. So drinking or doing drugs was not an option for me to, to figure out how to relieve the, the such internal pressure and stress. So I came to a point where I had so much going on in my relationship that I needed a, a deeper level of healing. And one of the things that I uh, looked to was shamanism. And I worked at the time, um, I worked at the Open Center in New York City. I was volunteering there when I first started seeing all these books about shamanism. And, and I was still a little scared of it because, you know, any, any, this old Southern Baptist ghost like were haunting me. And, um, and I think it's good to be cautious. So it's, it's okay. I needed some deeper level of 
of healing, and I went to a um, workshop with Alberto Violdo, who is who founded the Four Winds Society, and he's one of the top, I would say, top three or four Westerners who has brought South American indigenous um, practices forward and made it accessible for us folks, us city dwellers, right? So I really consider myself an urban shaman because I did not go to live in the jungle and eat uh, bark and, <laughs> and do all of that for years and years at a time. However, Alberto Violdo, who I studied uh, with at the, at the Four Winds Society, did do that. He originally was a medical anthropologist and he first went to Peru because he had a, uh, some money from a pharmaceutical company who said, go find the next cure for cancer or diabetes or heart condition. Everything, you know, penicillin came from plants. Like really true healing comes from the earth and, and what she gives up, the plants and the trees. And so he went down and, and really studied them, not studied with him to become a shaman, but initially he was in his 30s and grad student and he was all this. And he studied with uh, healers, men and women, in the jungle, and men and women in the mountains, the high Andes. And these healers from the high Andes were, they were from the pre-Inca time. And they knew that some change was coming when the Spaniards came. And they retreated higher up into the Andes. And all the local people thought that they had died. But they came down from the highest Andes in, I think, the 70s is when Alberto was going and he got to meet some of the last of those people and he carries on that lineage. And there are others who are now bringing that medicine forward. Uh, and so Alberto did go and, and eat bark and do ayahuasca and he doesn't, that's not part of what I do. I don't do the plant medicine. But Alberto had also, because he was an anthropologist, he'd also studied the Hinduism and Buddhism and so and Taoism actually some of his practices are really from the Tao and so that all just like wrapped it up together so I started on the program it was two years does shaman mean healer so shaman is actually a Siberian term that means wounded healer Siberian See, and this is often why indigenous, uh, North American, especially uh, healers, uh, medicine men and women take offense at, at the reference of shaman because they're like, I'm not from Siberia. And, and they're right. Um, it's, it's kind of a shorthand way of saying a, a medicine man or woman. So in the Andes, the medicine men and women are called Pacos, P-A-Q-O-S. Western anthropologists said, let's just have one word for everything. So, so that's why I consider myself an urban shaman, because I, I trained by going on a week here and there. I did go, to, um, I did go to, to study with and travel with for a couple of weeks with some of the indigenous medicine men and women in, in the Andes, and I did a week in the jungle doing plant medicine, which truly is mind-blowing. So I have done that. Such powerful, such powerful medicine, and it happens on a subtle level. And to bring it in, because we have, again, we have our chi field or our energy field, right, that comes around us. And inside that chi field, we have our mind, emotional body, 
and within the mind emotional body we have the physical body so those the the physical the mind emotional and the the energy body are like russian nesting dolls so if something happens to you on a physical level and if anybody who's been through like prolonged illness will know it affects your emotions and it affects your mind so of course that's interconnected well what we in the west have are just beginning to put together is that it also impacts you on a spirit level on your energy level and I do believe that we have more than one lifetime to work these problems out. So there are karmic uh, imprints that we have coming in from other lifetimes. There are generational imprints that we have coming in from other lifetimes. There's been research in, in, in the West here that grandchildren of Holocaust survivors have some of the same hang-ups and fears and issues and, and even physical problems that happens to not just the survivors of the Holocaust, but all the Jewish people who lived, because now we, then we had TV and radio and we could hear about these horrifying things and see them, whereas the Russian pogroms that had happened and, you know, throughout history, the, the Jewish people have been persecuted. So we've seen it now, and that impacts us. So what we watch on TV impacts us on our energy level. So the shamanic healing is about clearing that up. And the biggest piece of shamanic healing, there, there are clearings called La Limpias, which is cleaning off. You just want to clean off your energy field as we pick up dust. I, I vacuumed yesterday. I don't know where all that dust came from. But you know what? Just as there is physical dust, there's energetic dust that just attaches. So we need to clear it off. And that's a simple thing I can do. I help rebalance the chakra system. And the biggest piece of, of shamanism is soul retrieval. And when I first heard that phrase, I was really freaked out by it, and I didn't read about it for a few years. Again, my Southern Baptist ghost was like, don't look at that, that's evil, but it's not evil, because I have come to believe it. it is not evil, because when we have trauma on a deep level, especially when we're children, and we don't have any control over what our parents do or other adults in our lives do, we have something terribly traumatic happen to us, a little piece of your soul breaks off and runs and hides in your shadow until it's safe to come out. Now, the shadow is not evil. The shadow is just, there's no light there. That's all. It, it's, it's light and dark. It's heavy and, and light. But there's no evil in this system. And that shadow is with you. It's always with us, and it's okay. That's where we sleep. That's where we go in dream time, and it's okay. What becomes a problem is if we never deal with those problems, the issues that happen, those traumas that happen as a child, then they stay with us, and eventually they, they manifest in weird ways. Like I had a client who said she felt like she was being choked. She, she would feel like she was being choked. And when I asked her, and she's like, it just comes over me, I don't know. And she was a successful young businesswoman, and she would get these, like, choking episodes. And so I started asking her, I'm like, well, when do you first remember this happening? Or was there something that maybe happened earlier in life? Sure enough, there was an episode that happened when she was a young girl where someone was holding her down and choking her, holding her by the throat and choking her. And, and she had simply... Shoved Put it. that down in the shadow. Yes. 
where she she couldn't she couldn't deal with it. And so that's one of the pieces that we dealt with, and that's what a soul retrieval is. When somebody comes to see you, and they want a shamanic healing, are they laying on a table? Are you shaking beads over them? What are you doing there, Lindell? Well, we, we, <laughs> we just ra- shake, we shake, rattle, and roll. <laughs> we start with the intake session. We're sitting up, talking like you and I are sitting here. And I, I listen with my physical ears, and I watch with my physical eyes, like the body language. And I'm also watching and listening energetically and seeing what's going on. Because we all bring all this energy in with us. And so learning to read someone's energy field is part of what I do. I don't necessarily see things, but I really sense. I really have a sense of things. And sometimes I'm clairaudient. Sometimes I, but I, it's not like a conversation. It's a word here or there or a real strong impression. And then I figure out, all right, what are we, what is it? that we need to do because you don't do a soul retrieval every time and a lot of times you need to do some clearings first and just clean out the gunk in in your heart chamber and in in the energetic heart there's four chambers of the heart and there's the place of wounding and there's a place of contracts there's the place of the gift and there's a place of the healed self and so there's a wounding that happened and we make a contract in that moment. We'll say things like, well, I am never going to trust another teacher again in my life or, or whoever it was that, that harmed you or I'm never going to let my kids out of my sight again. But that's a contract you make. And then you become a parasite to your children when they're adults, right, without intending to be. But so that's a contract we make. And, and in the shamanic work, when we go deep, into clearing out, we want to rewrite that contract. You've done that initial assessment intake. intake. And then I have them lie down. And you have them lie down. And let's say they're stuck, like whatever's going on with their heart is not serving them well. Is, are you then like a Reiki person moving energy? Similar, very similar to Reiki. Uh, And I use crystals and I especially use, um, the crystal wands that really, the Vogel wands especially, are really great for, for clearing out energy. And I just, I just bring it up. Again, it's a similar thing to Qigong. It's your mind, eye, heart, intention. Like the power of intention is so amazing. Does the person who comes to see you start to set intentions? I ask them what it is they want to work with today. What is it they want to work with? Because we're going to play in the field of all possibilities. So what do you want to bring there? Like if anything was possible, and let's pick, let's focus on the thing you most need to do. Because also you can get so scattered because we all have a lot of stuff going on. So pick the thing that's most up for you, what's coming up for you. And Yes, I'll have them lie comfortably. Actually, all the client really has to do once they once I figure out in the in the uh, intake session what is it they want to work with. They're like, okay, they lie down. I do uh, some some Reiki work, and I have them breathe. The, the only thing the client has to do is breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth because that's a releasing breath in through the nose, out through the mouth. And I will watch them because often when we're afraid or anxious, our breathing gets jittery. 
And I'll just remind them, in through the nose, out through the mouth. And I'm using my crystal wand, I'm using feathers, I'm using rattles, or sometimes I'm drumming, and we go on a journey. I'll take your, we'll go on a journey with your soul and, and go, this is what needs to be worked out. Because the you that knows, the you that's the infinite you, that spark of the divine that's within you, knows what you need. The mind doesn't. So what we have to do is we have to get into a relaxed state of mind. And the rattling and the drumming, the steady, solid beat, triggers the theta waves, right? So you get into a state of floating, really. And your mind, your, so your ego mind shuts up because that's always trying to fix things. <laughs> and you get into that deep state of relaxation. And that's where your soul can go. I'm just... Holding the space open is what I do. And actually, we'll start by opening, create, we'll open sacred space when you come in. We'll call on the four directions and Mother Earth, Father Sky. And we start there and I, you know, I may dust you off. But once you're lying down, and that journey part's really just a few minutes. It's really just a few minutes. It's a lot of time is spent processing. Sometimes I find stuck energies and I cut them out energetically. And then I'll sage it and, or I'll, I'll take a Palo Santo and I'll cauterize it to make sure it doesn't, that it's gone, seals it up. And, I'll, and I, I cut it out, fill it with light and love because the most powerful protection we have is, is true love. The love that it took to create the universe, to continue to create the universe as Einstein says, the most important decision you will make in your life is whether you live in a friendly or an unfriendly universe. My Southern Baptist, God bless all those teachers and uh, well-meaning people, but they made me afraid of the divine. I was afraid. If I, if I didn't ask for forgiveness for a simple little thing, I was going to burn for eternity. That's not there for me anymore. We, we want to connect with a divine energy of the universe that we are part and parcel of. And that's what the shamanic energy healing work can do. I had this discussion on a show uh, a little while back with Phyllis Selena, who's an astrologer. And we talked about that it all comes down to fear and love. And I had a similar discussion with someone, Richard Brendan, about hospice. Again, fear and love. And it sounds like you're saying the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And we can, there are things that we can do to alleviate our fears. There are things we can do. And that's why the Qigong works for me. It seems to me that each person out here in the world at some point has to accept or reject that we are energy beings. Because if you reject that, this is not going to make, you know, any sense, right? I mean, it's just, right. you're just going to think it's a bu bunch, bunch of, of hooey. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of hooey, woo-woo <laughs> stuff. However, once you make the, the, once you accept that we are energy beings, it opens up all kinds of possibilities. Exactly. That's what Wayne Dyer said. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. So to paraphrase him, we are energy beings having a human experience. And I, I have been asked, well, does somebody have to believe in it for it to help? It, it 
makes a big difference if they're at least open to the possibility. If they're open to the possibility. But I will tell you, my ex-husband, uh, when I met him, did not believe in acupuncture. <laughs> and now he's, because he followed me onto the shamanic training path, he's now like working for, for the Four Winds training shamans. So I am telling you, that was a guy who was like, it had to be proved in the mind. But once he opened himself enough to go, well, maybe. And that's, that's what it took. We are all connected. And the only way that we can all be connected is through energy. Yeah. Yeah. And is, have we not learned that during COVID? <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't touch people. That was the, like the hard thing in uh, New York City. It's like, I can't, I, I missed touch. Yes. Being hugged. Yes. Or and just yes. Like, shaking a hand. And when your love language is physical touch, it's really especially hard. What do you hope someone feels after doing a session with you? They will feel more at ease inside their body and a calmer mind and more clear and lighter than they felt in a long time. And is it something that you want somebody to do two sessions, six sessions, 12 sessions? How, how does that get decided? I let the client figure that out because you know what, it's, um, it's not something, I mean, I've heard of people who say, I, I talk to my shaman every week, you know, because it kind of became trendy for a while because it hit Hollywood and became really trendy. But honestly, it takes some time to process this because when you have that energy work, it filters down into the mental and then down into the physical. So you need to let that settle in and then see where you are. Um, so I suggest that I, I, I can, I offer people, if you want to save a little money, you can buy a package of three sessions and would say you want to use those within three or four months. But really, truly, the shaman I work with, because just like any teacher, you're always learning. And I just had a shaman session myself last week. And uh, she just, she doesn't ever, like, check in with me or anything like that. She's, she waits for me. And I go, hey, I think I need a tune-up, because that's what it is. You need, at the very least, we need energy tune-ups. Even, even maybe more so the uh, people who are yoga teachers or, or Reiki healers or people who are in the healing arts professions, they need tune-ups too because you're constantly giving out and you need to receive in as well. Absolutely. It's so easy to get depleted. Yes. And we talked about that a little bit with Qigong. I, I feel like, you know, we're, we're all a battery Yes, to a certain extent, and we we need to recharge that battery in a in a kind way, in a kind way, a healthy way, and you know, with awareness, with awareness, because because we're getting stuff poured in our brains all the time, anyway. You know, this is this is why we have road rage, where somebody, where a seven year old child ends up dead on the street because two people got into a competition on the road. And one was angrier than the other. And that just recent, that just happened in Irvington last week. If someone is listening and thinking to themselves, wow, I wonder, could this be something for me? Is, it, is that answer ever no? 
Not to me, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've had people say, this would be so great for my cousin to do. I'm like, great, have your cousin contact me. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, because it, it, it's up to each person whether they're ready for that for that level of work. I, I also do sound healing and crystal healing. And those are gentler processes. Um, and, you know, and if you want to get into some, some more nitty gritty, some real clearings, yeah, the shamanic is the way to go. It's very cool. I love that you have all these beautiful modalities that you can blend together to help anyone who comes to see you. Lindell, if somebody wants to contact you, um, what's your website? Okay, you can go to lindellsandlin.com slash classes to find out about my classes. And you can email me through there. And that's L-I-N-D-E-L-S-A-N-D-L-I-N dot com slash classes and all the information about my classes and you can reach me at you can email me at lindell dot smiling chi at gmail dot com lindell dot smiling chi at gmail dot com all righty and i spell the chi with the chi not the qi okay lindell thank you for sharing all this wonderful knowledge i deeply appreciate it thank you so much for being on the show it's been a pleasure thank you How many medications and supplements have you tried to deal with your anxiety, insomnia, inflammation, or pain? Have you considered hemp-sourced CBD? It is such a powerful and profound way to work on a wide variety of both emotional and physical issues. CBD works on a system in your body that strives to get you in balance. No matter the health challenge, CBD may be your best option. Learn all about it at CBDJubilee.com. Today's show has been sponsored by CBD Jubilee, bringing you health and happiness every day. Thanks for tuning in.